0: We are repentant, we are grateful, we are redeemed, we are prayerful, we are First Baptist Church. Well, I am uh, Danny Panter, I'm one of the associate pastors on staff here, have the privilege of preaching and leading in Lagos, this worship gathering, Um, and if you are new To the First Baptist family, to Lagos, we want to say thank you so much for joining with us. Whether you're in the room or at home, thank you for worshiping with us. And we would love to know if you've chosen to worship with us and you're brand new uh, by going to the link that you see on the screen, fbcsa.org slash connect. That's just a simple way to let us know that you're here. And it also gives us an opportunity to connect with you later on, whether that's through email or phone call or text. We want to really begin to build a relationship with you. But we're so grateful that you're here with us this morning. Also, let me just remind you, a part of our normal rhythm in worship is giving. We rejoice in all the blessing God, blessings God has given us, and then we, as an act of worship, speak back those things to Him in terms of our giving, and so let me encourage you to continue to give faithfully like you already have been. Our First Baptist family has been so generous uh, during uh, these months of the pandemic. Keep that up. Keep that act of worship up. Um, you can give through the link that you also see on the screen as well. We are in a series about the Holy Spirit. Uh, We have been for some time, and we have been really looking at two things when we talk about the Spirit of God. We have talked about that as children of God, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we're given a new identity. Romans 8 says that we are declared children of God, sons and daughters of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's not only just a new declaration of who we are, the Holy Spirit also has the job of making that a reality. So the Holy Spirit kind of goes to work in who we are as children of God and reshaping, rewiring, and even recreating us into the very image of the Son. Remember Romans chapter 8 also says, you have been predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. That's the work of the Spirit of God, and it is a good work. We can't do that on our own. We can't rewire our own mind, our own hearts. We can't recreate or reshape ourselves into the image of the Son to become more of who God has called us to be as children of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's what we have been talking about for some weeks now. I love the way Blake talked about it last week. He said, you know, it's the Holy Spirit's job to kind of set us apart, right? To be different than those who live in the world and by the world. And I love how um, Pastor Tyrone said it several weeks ago. You remember? Uh, He said, you know, the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us to do the right things, not just avoiding doing the wrong things. That's the work of the Spirit, to lead us into being sons and daughters of God. Now, Paul, in Ephesians chapter 5, and not only in Ephesians, but a lot of his letters, he kind of gets into the nitty-gritty of what that process looks like. In fact, he calls us to walk and move into that process whereby the Holy Spirit does that kind of work. And so we find ourselves in Ephesians. And I just want to mention um, two or three verses before I ask you to stand and read our reverse text. At the very beginning of Ephesians chapter 5, so if you have your Bibles with you or on your devices, uh, even at home, go ahead and open that up so you can follow along with me. But in verses 1 and 2, Paul commands the church, he says, imitate God, be like God. In everything you do, because you are his children. Then in verse 2 he says, live a life filled with love. Other translations would say it like this, walk in love. And if you get to verse 15 of the same chapter, he says, I want you to be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, or walk in wisdom. And so Paul is instructing us, sons and daughters of God, who have this new identity as children of God, I want you to walk in a different way than how you used to walk. I want you to imitate God. I want you to walk in his love. I want you to walk in wisdom rather than foolishness that you might have walked in previously. So he's calling us to walk in a brand new way. And he's going to help us understand what he means by that. That stand together. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Let's read this with one another. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. And so Paul says, listen, there was a way that you used to walk. In fact, even early on in Ephesians, he would call us not children of God, but children of wrath before we had. We began to walk in faith in Jesus. We were children of wrath. We walked as children of wrath. He would call us people of darkness and children of darkness. That's how we used to walk. Paul says, don't walk that way anymore. You're new. You're different. And he gets really specific in verse 18. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Um, I think Paul is being both literal and metaphorical here. I think he's being both literal and metaphorical. He's being literal because drunkenness was often the religious practice among and in pagan cultures. The way they often would worship, especially the god of wine or, of course, in Ephesus... Uh, they had their, their goddess that they worshipped, and oftentimes the expression of that worship involved drunkenness and appealing uh, to our fleshly desires. It was a chaotic and a celebration of our brokenness and unchecked cravings on the flesh. Instead of putting to death the deeds of the flesh, worship in that culture, in pagan culture, fanned the flames of our broken nature our sexuality, and so forth, broken sexuality. Paul says that's not how we walk anymore. Following Jesus looks very differently. And of course, it also makes sense to us that it's also metaphorical, right? We can, just, we can read the word drunkenness and know exactly what Paul is alluding to here. When someone has drunk too much alcohol... We know that their inhibitions are lower. They're more likely to say and do things that they otherwise would not have done. There's likely mood changes and behavior, and alcohol is a depressant, so it slows down your mental faculties and your ability to reason clearly. You're just not firing on all cylinders when you are drunk with wine, both mentally and physically. And most often when you're in that condition, you are unwisely indulging the temptations of the flesh. And so it works perfectly as a metaphor for us. And we understand it immediately when we read those words. For Paul, he's saying, you know, there was an old way of walking that was like being drunk with wine. It was unstable. It was chaotic. It didn't follow any rhyme or reason. It wasn't led by wisdom, but rather foolishness. When you live and walk in that kind of way, you're celebrating the identity of your brokenness rather than your identity as a son and daughter of God. That's the way we used to walk, and you don't Walk that anyway. Earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, he would say, Grow up in Jesus so you're not tossed here and there by every wind of wayward doctrine and philosophy of the world. When we live and walk in drunkenness, as if we're drunk with wine, we're just tossed every which way. Right? The latest trend and the latest, latest idea, we just move like false uh, malls to a flame. He says, no, I want you to grow up in Jesus. I want you to walk in a new way. Don't be drunk. Don't be drunk with wine. That's not you anymore. Don't live live as if you are drunk. The latter part of that verse, Paul says, I want you to walk in a new way. Let me tell you how. Ephesians 5, 18b, the latter part of that verse, he says, instead, don't be drunk, With wine, because that'll ruin your life. It's destructive. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned, the Holy Spirit's job is to begin that work of rewiring in our life, recreating us so that we can take on the fullness of our new identity in Jesus. And He uses. this word here, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's the job, The Holy Spirit's job to do that through His filling. And that word, be filled, is very unique. It's very unique. And so it means for us that uh, it is not just a one-time filling. It's not something that just happens once in the life of the believer. It's an ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit in your life as a believer. That it's something that He does over and over again in your life, it's also clearly a command from Paul to us as children of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled over and over again, continuously with the Holy Spirit. But it's also something that's very passive. In other words, it's not something that we do ourselves. Paul is not saying, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. We can't do that. So we are passively commanded to be filled with the Spirit of God, not just one time in our life, but as believers, as children of God, continuously in our life. And that's a work that only the Spirit of God can do. And in essence, Paul is saying, keep on being filled by and with the Holy Spirit. I kind of think of it like this. Paul is saying, um, don't be drunk with wine. It's a destructive life. Be who all of who you are as children of God by the power of the Spirit of God. Be yourself in Jesus as children of God. Let your true self come out, and that can only happen by the work of the Spirit of God in your life. So the truest way, uh, the truest way for us to know and understand a new culture. Those of you who have traveled to other cultures and have tried to learn a new language, the the truest way to understand a new culture, a new way of thinking, a new way to perceive reality is to immerse yourself in that culture and language. You know what I'm talking about? Now, we might wrestle with exactly what Paul means. So hold on to that thought. We might wrestle with what Paul means when he says, be filled. The question for us is how are we to be filled? Well, Colossians 3.16, which in many ways mirrors Ephesians. If you read Colossians 3.16, you can actually stack these passages right next to each other, by the way. Paul writes here, he says, let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. And so how are we to be filled by the Spirit of God? We are to be Filled by the Spirit of God, by allowing the richness of the Word of God to fill us. The same Word, the Word of God to fill us. Now let's go back to that immersion. How in the world are we to understand a culture, a new way of talking and thinking? Well, we do that through immersion. Isn't that what what Paul is talking about here? He says, "If you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, if you want to become more and more like He's made you to be, you have to immerse yourself in the Word of Jesus, be filled in the Word of Jesus." Now, I'm a sci-fi buff. I love great sci-fi movies. I mean, the ones that really make you think. Several years ago, there was a sci-fi movie called "Arrival." Anyone see that one? It was incredible. It's incredible. Maybe for some of you, you're like, that's a sleeper, but it was an awesome movie. It follows this linguist who is called into a very uh, incredible event where aliens have descended upon the earth, and they, they're speaking in a language that humans obviously don't understand. They're trying to communicate. So they bring in this linguist, and this linguist spends day after day after day listening and seeing the language of these alien beings, and after a season of time, she begins to dream in that language. Any of y'all ever experienced that before? You're learning a language, and you're immersed in it long enough that you start dreaming in that language. It's happened to me. Well, not only that, but after a period of time, not only was she dreaming in that language, but she began to interpret and understand reality because the language itself was beginning to reshape how she perceived reality. It's pretty cool. You need to watch the movie. But that's exactly, that's exactly what Paul is talking about here. The way that we are filled with God, the way uh, with the Holy Spirit, the way that we are reshaped and rewired and recreated more and more into the image of the Son is by immersing ourselves with the very words and language of God. That's what Paul means, immersing ourselves, We will never be filled with the Holy Spirit apart from God's revelation. Listen to that. We will never be filled with the Holy Spirit apart from God's revelation because that is, by nature, the very function of the Holy Spirit. The very function of the Holy Spirit is to, re- to reveal to us what the Father has spoken and what the Son has spoken. To reveal to us what God has said through His Son. And in that reception of the re- revelation of God, we are, our minds are rewired and our perception of reality is Changes. We no longer interpret reality the way we did. We see it in a brand new light. John 16, 13 through 15 says this about the Spirit of God. These are the words of Jesus. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's the command from Paul. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I certainly do. Do you want to be filled with the things of the Spirit of God and the Word of God rather than the ways of the world? Do you want to live out your truest identity as children of God? Do you want your mind and life to be, continue to be reshaped into the image of the Son? Do you want to walk in a brand new way? And Paul would say to us, then immerse yourself in the revelation of God by the power of the Spirit of God. The Word, as in Jesus, and His Word the Scriptures, and not only that, not just immersing ourselves in the Word of God, all that He has created in Revelation. The psalmist writes, day and night, creation speaks to us. Uh, Not only beholding and savoring the Son, Jesus, and, and reading the Word of God, His Revelation to us written down on pages, not just understanding those, but obeying them, walking in them. That's what happens in the filling of the spirit is that we savor the beauty and goodness and truth found in God's revelation, his word, and we also walk in them. That's why Jesus said and told his disciples, abide in me and I will abide in you. Sinclair Ferguson, um, a scholar and former pastor that I really respect, said this. Be filled with the Spirit by responding to the Word of Christ, making room for its influence, giving our minds to its truth, our hearts to its teaching, and our wills to its obedience. To be under the influence of the Word is to place ourselves under the Lordship of the Spirit. Or another way, to be under the influence of the Word it's to be under the filling of the Spirit. Now, Paul says that there is a result of the filling of the Spirit of God that I think he's really contrasting here to the way things were done in the pagan world at the time. The way worship looked with them works looks very differently uh, than the way it worked in the life of the Christian church. And so let's finish these verses. Ephesians 5, 19 through 21 uh, says this to us. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing songs and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 21, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus. So when we are filled with the Spirit of God and made more and more into the image of the Son, fulfilling our identities as sons and daughters of God, things begin to look very differently. And it should be no surprise when we read verses 19 through 21 at all. It should be no surprise that if the work of the Spirit of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, means us, posturing ourselves to receive and understand what God has revealed to us or spoken to us, then it would make perfect sense that our response, our result of being, uh, being filled with the Spirit of God is of like kind. In other words, we begin to speak back to God the truths He has revealed to us. And a lot of times that happens in worship in the context of music and songs and songs and singing songs of praise with Thanksgiving. Doesn't that make sense? If God is speaking to us about who He is and and what He's doing and what He promises and the future of what He promises that will be fulfilled, wouldn't it make sense that we too, being filled with the Spirit of God, will do what the Spirit does? That we begin to speak back to God in worship. And not only there, Paul makes a very clear statement here that we are doing that together, I don't think this is just a result of being filled by the Holy Spirit. I also think it's a way that we sustain each other in being filled by the Spirit of God. That as we speak back to God, we're also speaking to one another the truth about God, about who He's called us to be, that we are redeemed, that we are called to be like God, to imitate God. Isn't that cool how that works? That as we worship together and gather, and as we speak the truths of God, even in song, those truths encourage us to continue to walk faithfully in the Lord and even stir us up to good works. What does Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 through 25 say? The writer says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. I would add, in singing songs together, thinking of the Lord together, reading songs with one another. Encourage, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. It makes sense. That as we are called and commanded to be filled with the Spirit of God, that we can be rewired and our hearts and minds can be reshaped and we can be recreated more and more to the image of the Son. That as we are being filled with the Spirit of God, that that we would speak those same truths to one another and that would sustain us. That would help us. That's why we should neglect meeting with one another, whether here or at home. Speaking those truths to one another, singing songs, that's the work of the Spirit of God. That is the work of the Spirit of God in us. Um, in my experience of being filled with the Spirit, we're going to close here. In my experience of being filled with the Spirit, I personally have never experienced or had a charismatic moment. I, I have, I've never had that. I've never spoken in tongues. Um, I've never experienced the manifestation of the Spirit of God in a supernatural kind of way. Some of you may have. I know the Spirit of God works in that way. I know the Spirit is supernatural. And I know the Spirit can work in us in those kind of ways, but that's never been my experience. And some of you may think, when you think of being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what you think of as the Holy Spirit. That somehow you are not being filled with the Holy Spirit unless you manifest the Spirit in those kind of ways. Well, as your pastor, I'm saying I've never experienced that. But I will tell you that the truest ways that I've experienced the filling of the Spirit of God in my life is when I have postured myself to savor and relish and understand the revelation of Jesus Christ as a person and to spend time immersing myself in the Word of God. Those are the moments, and sometimes it's followed up with a great sense of emotion and an immediate response of rejoicing of what Christ has revealed himself to my Word, and I can know Man, the Spirit of God is working. And sometimes that emotion's not there, and that's fine. We're, our emotions are just as broken as the rest of who we are. But I, sitting under and saving the beauty and truth of who God is, I find that I am filled with His Spirit. And it doesn't stop there. I also sense and know the truest filling of the Spirit of God, not just when I sit under the Word and savor the Word through Jesus, but also when I obey it. Those are the moments in my experience where I feel I'm filled with God's Spirit that I can read and understand and then obey. And my guess is that'll be the case for the majority of you. If you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, you have to drink the words of the Spirit of God, the revelation of the Spirit of God. My question for you is, what are you drinking in your life? Do not be drunk with wine, but drink deeply of the things of the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. This counsel from Paul, walk differently, be different. You are children of God, Lord. So help us to be filled by your spirit as we receive and respond to your revelation to us. Through creation, through your son Jesus, and through your written word. Transform us, make us more and more to the image of your son every, every day. Lord, forgive us when we have drunk from the things of the world but we have not postured ourselves to receive the deep well of your word. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.